1: fairly regular for our officers to encounter weapons, knives, bear spray. It is unusual to locate firearms, especially for firearms in an encampment. Yes, encampment. And, and that's related to the conversation we're going to get into here. That was Calgary Police Staff Sergeant Mike Anderson talking about uh, arrests they made. Uh, over 100 charges laid against five people uh, after guns and drugs were found in an encampment in Calgary. Uh, a loaded sawed-off rifle, three loaded 9 millimeter handguns uh, that had high-capacity magazines, also uh, finding hundreds of grams of fentanyl, meth, and, and even uh, mushrooms. So this was an encampment downtown. Police say they were there just tending to the needs of the occupants, making sure everybody was okay, and then encountered all of this. So it does raise these questions, right, about uh, criminal activity in these encampments, possible risk to those who were there. But then if we take down these encampments, where are these individuals going to go? So this has been an issue in both Calgary and Edmonton. As you may be aware, there's been a big court battle uh, ensuing in Edmonton after a legal challenge to the bylaw. So there was an injunction granted against the city this week. So it doesn't totally prevent police from dismantling uh, these encampments but it does put some restrictions on how they do so uh, so we'll see how that plays out in the coming days edmonton's mayor uh, held an emergency uh, meeting with representatives of the edmonton police service the edmonton police commission city administration and social agencies this week so they're going to meet again uh, early in january and try to figure out a way forward here so how do we balance all of this Well, joining us for some thoughts on this debate, very pleased to welcome to the program here this morning, uh, Jim Garnett with the Edmonton Coalition on Housing and Homelessness. Jim, thanks so much for joining us here today. Welcome to the program.
0: Well, I'm I'm glad to be part of your concern about the issue. Thanks for having me.
1: Um, So has your organization been involved in these conversations with the city?
0: Uh, no, because we're a, a coalition that does advocacy and education. Many, many of our member organizations would have been at the mm-hmm. meetings, but n- but not ourselves directly.
1: Okay, so your thoughts on how this has all played out with the city's bylaw, the court challenge, the injunction, or, or, where, where are we at here?
0: Well, what troubles me is that the real focus when we see people that are having to live like this, and, and, and I've never talked in... in scores of conversations with anybody that that really enjoys living the way they are the the real issue is how are we going to ensure that the housing that these people need can be available for them so that they can live in dignity and safety and and good health and in instead too often the uh, focus has simply been in in edmonton at least on uh, tearing down the shelters that these people have and because there is no alternative they they just move to another location and continue to struggle what we need to do as as a community is to realize that everybody deserves a decent place to to make their home and we need to be getting on with the job of developing the kind of housing that people need. So they're not having to live like this.
1: Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, we talk about dignity, safety, good health. It's it's hard to see how one of these encampments lends itself to to any of those points. So there, there's a concern that we don't want people living that way, but what's the answer?
0: Well, I, I think the immediate answer for people who are, who are currently camping is to do something like some other municipalities have done, and that is to create secure, sanitary um, camps, campsites that people can use, where, for example, there can be safe heating available so that there's not the danger of fires. So that can be done relatively inexpensively. In Edmonton this year, the city will spend about $3 million dollars um, in in the costs of tearing down camps, and yet there are still exactly as many camps as there were six months ago or maybe more because tearing them down solves nothing. It simply moves the people two or three blocks away and they and they have to create a new shelter so there there are immediate short term things like bringing in um trailers atco has developed uh, units that are especially made to replace people the the shelter that people are using in these camps mm-hmm. that that they will rent or sell to municipalities but the longer term answer is not emergency shelter it is to develop the housing that people need so they can live in in real places where they can make home
1: In the meantime, what about uh, our shelters? Uh, Is it that we don't have enough shelter space or the reasons why people are staying away from shelters?
0: If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss. It's a combination of the two. Many days, when you look at the the figures for Edmonton, all or almost all the shelters are at 100% or even 100% plus capacity. But even when there is some capacity in the shelters, in many cases they are just as dangerous, just as undignified a way to live as, um, being out on, on the street with a, a shelter of your own. You're crowded together. There's lots of health concerns related to, to being in shelters and there's, um, security issues. People aren't comfortable with maybe, um, having people so near them. Um, there's, there's, uh, theft that takes place and you lose your possessions, so sh- emergency shelters are needed for now, but in many ways they're they're not a an adequate solution for for people to be able to live properly. <laughs>
1: Well, I think we do want to see longer-term solutions to to homelessness, um, you know, mm-hmm. both in terms of just general compassion, but but there is a cost in dealing with all of these issues. But uh, you know, in terms of addressing some of the underlying issues for, for why people end up experiencing homelessness, um, does is providing housing? How do we ensure then that it's there's some stability there for people?
0: Well, you know, we just have to look at Canada's history. From the late 1940s till around 1990, when the governments federally and provincially were investing a lot in building non-market housing, um, people were able to live fine. Even if they had very little money, they could access decent housing and then they could look after most of the other issues in their lives. It's been these last 30 years or so, when we, when we quit ensuring that there was enough housing available, that's when people start getting into problems. It's hard to to maintain good employment. It's hard to maintain good health. It's hard to pursue education when you don't have stable housing, when you don't have a place yeah. you can come back to every day. So, so really, we already know the answer. We can end homelessness, all the dangers to the people themselves, and to the surrounding communities that arise from homelessness by returning to the Canadian tradition of ensuring there's enough non-market housing for people. In dollar terms and in human terms, that's a far better choice to make.
1: Mm -hmm. What about the addiction issue? I mean, how much of a factor is that in, in what we're dealing with right now?
0: well uh, i mean some of the people that are living like this end up resorting to to drugs i wouldn't say it's as much an addi- addiction issue as it's an issue that there's very bad and dangerous drugs on the street right. and if you if you have little money you resort to the 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 cheapest garbagey things and and that's why people are are dying and being hurt it, it's not addiction it's bad drugs but but in many cases, and I've had lots of conversations with people, Rob, in many cases, this is because the misery and the pain of trying to live without housing leads you to want something to, to dampen the, the hurt and the, and the anxieties. Mm-hmm. And so, the, so I, I think a lot of those issues would be reduced if people had, well, in fact, I I don't just think, I, I know many, many people where once they have a decent little place to call home, their use of those kinds of things declines dramatically or ends. These are just responses to try to survive. They're not they're not, you know, choices that you like any of that kind of stuff. In some cases, people are using those bad drugs because when your shelter gets torn down, your prescribed medication for a, a mental health condition is lost and you don't have anything. So that's your, your Band-Aid way to try to survive.
1: Yeah. But
0: we need to focus not on on some of the symptoms of, of the negative things that happen when people are stuck in these situations we need to focus on how do we get people out of these situations to be able to to live dignified lives
1: that's a fair point uh, much more at ecohh.ca edmonton coalition on housing and homelessness and we'll see how this all plays out but jim appreciate your perspective on all this thanks for joining us here today